Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here, and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live, brought to you by Seaguar and all these other great sponsors you're seeing scrolling across the bottom, and of course, Ballast Point Brewing Company. I'm having the old uh, Ballast Point Swinging Fryer Ale. I had one of these the other day, super good. They call it a hoppy pale ale. So cheers to you all. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. I've got some uh, pixelation there because I forgot to turn on a light. So uh, let me turn on my really, really cheap little light that'll make that shot look better. Boom. Better. So uh, the show we have coming up today, I'm really stoked about. Again, the you know on Thursdays, we're running the real throwback episodes uh, back from season one of our show. So like the first year, first two years we were shooting. So, uh, you know, what is that? Uh, a lot of episodes ago, <laughs> ten, over 10 years ago. And uh, actually this is, you can see it. This is a shot taken of where we were fishing uh, at Kipta Peak Park in uh, Chesapeake Bay. Very, very interesting place to fish to say the least. Um, and uh, a, probably one of the coldest I've ever been to this day. Even we have kayak fished on the Arctic Circle, and I don't think I was as cold there as I was on the shoot. So um, say hello to a couple of people who are checking in. Uh, Jason Baker, thanks for joining us, man. Serge, as always, joining us from Canada. I really appreciate that. Liam Young joining us from our YouTube channel, Kayak Fishing Tales. So remember, you can watch these on YouTube as well. JD Fishing, how you doing? Also watching on Kayak Fishing Tales, CL Gaming, uh, David Virel, how you doing, man? We're doing great. I'm kind of bummed. I was supposed to go fishing tomorrow, and of course, we have um, high wind advisory. So uh, I guess I'll be sitting around drinking beer instead. Richard Martin, how's it going, buddy? Uh, nice white sea bass in that picture. Uh, that was one thing, actually. I, I, I put up a post earlier today, maybe check it out. Uh, a guy caught a new kayak fishing record here, uh, just a little bit north of where I am an 80 pound white sea bass. And I posted a picture of my biggest personal best, which was 62 pounds. And then down below it, I put his fish and you can see, you know, the difference, just big, big fish. Uh, Will Richardson. I think we both know this guy. I think uh, I'm still missing a finger from holding onto the rebar. Yeah. On those concrete ships. And we'll, we'll share all kinds of stories about that. And uh, Jason says he's been waiting all day. Well, I've been waiting all day and I've been waiting a long time because actually I haven't spoken to Kevin in a really long time uh, since we parted ways, no longer on the same uh, same affiliation of teams. Uh, he was with Ocean Kayak and of course I'm with Jackson Kayak. And so we haven't chatted with him as much, but uh, always stay in contact and follow the cool stuff he's been doing, which is a lot. I mean, I've really enjoyed what he's been doing and we'll talk about that as well. So with no further ado, and I hope no technical difficulties, Kayak Kevin Whitley, how you doing, man? All right, all right, all right. And I have no, oh, there you are. I got you. I had a, 
Yeah, had a little delay in sound. Let me get rid of this banner across the bottom. There we go. So, brother, man, we have not, we haven't chatted in a long time. So, I really, I, I mean, we've got to watch this episode, but I also want to catch up. Yeah, because, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, um, you you did the kayak tours. I followed you on your last tour, which uh, was, was, I mean, it's hardcore. Uh, I remember you did your first ones. You were like on a, an old uh, Manta, an yeah, ocean exactly. kayak Manta. Exactly. Uh, which was kind of that boat was kind of an inspiration as we were building the first prowlers and and all that. So, yeah. um, and now following you've been doing a lot of whitewater stuff, yeah. uh, kayak fishing. <laughs> Looks like well, you're still exactly. having fun. That was because really I started the rivers because of that same reason why you're you're not fishing tomorrow. The winds, the winds were you know after so many years of getting beat by the winds and then that tour kind of really did it to me too it was like an unusually windy weird windy year in florida and it just i just got my butt kicked the whole time really <laughs> but and i came back and just started going to the rivers because the, the wind can't get me there <laughs> but it seems like it's been a really cool learning experience for you too like i said i've really enjoyed watching these posts man i mean uh, what you've learned and how to better do it because you're running, you know, white water in a sit yeah. on top fishing kayak. Yeah, and, and it is. It's it's been cool. You know, I'm, I'm a master angler in the saltwater, and 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 I enjoy doing that practice and and, and practicing my skills there. But learning a whole new side to things has been awesome for me. I mean, it's just like you know, expanding my mind type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said it, it's. I mean, I know my learning experiences and almost drowning on the yeah. Ottawa River, and uh, <laughs> and then to watch you and how you figured out. Are it? Are you using thigh straps? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Early on, as soon as I really started getting into bigger waves, I realized I was just getting washed out. I mean, there were so many times I just went out the back of the kayak, just slid right out. So I started using thigh straps and, and I really love them. I'm even thinking about when I'm surf punching them, when I surf, when I have to punch a surf, I'm thinking about using them then too. Right. Yeah. They, they definitely give you, uh, when you're surfing in and stuff, uh, they give you so much more boat control contact so much, with the boat. It's like a whole 50% more control because, you know, we push down, you know what I mean? On, on without thigh straps and now you can actually pull up on right. it. And that's huge. It's a big, big difference. Huge difference. That's yeah, uh, like I said, I I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, just right off the bat, I mean, if somebody wants to follow you, how how do they do that? Just so we can get that right up here up front. Yeah, just look for Kaya Kevin, Kaya Kevin on all the social medias and all that stuff, and a website kayakevin.com. I haven't posted a lot on it, but um, uh, recently, but um, that's still up there for a lot of stuff. And YouTube, Kaya Kevin, um, all that stuff. Yeah, very and cool. Did so, a podcast for a while, Kaya Kevin podcast. It's yeah, very cool. Like I said, if you, if you want to see some cool stuff, follow follow Kevin. It's 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 really entertaining i mean i always whenever you post anything i check it out because it's always cool. super cool yeah i just saw your post today too that was that's something else yeah oh <laughs> that that fish for me well, that was a few years ago but like i said this guy got an 80 pounder kind of an unofficial you know not on an igfa certified scale but the biggest one off a kayak was also unofficial but was at 75 pounds yeah so but i mean just big Big fish. Yeah, and they're I mean, yeah, they're they're man size, man. Yeah, they're, guys, they're, they're very, and, and that guy's holding them up and the tail's in the water and <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're long fish. And and the other thing, unfortunately for white sea bass, they're delicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, are, they are absolutely delicious. So they look just like trout. I mean, they look like sea trout. Uh, yeah, they're they're both they're just a big croaker. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, they, they are the same thing. Then they're just a giant sized sea trout. Yeah, because they're right. they're a big croaker family. They're the same thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so but yeah. like I said, they are delicious. Not the hardest fighting fish in the world. Neither um, trout. Yeah, that one actually. My big one there. Um, I literally probably had it gaffed and and bleeding on my deck in less than five minutes. Yeah, but but it was a weird situation. It, it kind of ran straight out away from me. I had a very tight drag, and I literally I just had. Cause it was going towards the kelp. I want to keep it out of the kelp. I just was whining as fast as I could. And I slammed it into the bottom of my yeah. kayak and it, it literally just went, it hit and then just rolled and came up. <laughs> I mean, like, knocked him out. I did. And this guy was saying his fish took him like 45 minutes, but it Shoot. was his, it was his first ever legal size white seas. I, I don't think he has, a, he hasn't been kayak fishing a long time. I think it was his first experience with a bigger fish and you know, you get a little bit wary on how hard yeah. you can pull and stuff. So yeah, I'm kind of um, like that with the first big fish of the year. I'm like, I know I can put pressure on it, but I'm going to ease off until I, you know, got them. And then I can, you know, push later on as the bigger, bigger fish come later on. Right. Yeah. Right. So the, um, this episode, like I said, it was shot many years ago at Kip to keep, Kip, Kip to Pete. Kip to Peak Park on Chesapeake Bay. That'd be 2008, right? I mean, that's like 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah. least because it was before the TV show. Yeah, and we're airing our 11th year of the TV show. It was before we started filming for my DVDs. Right. Yeah. Right. This was the catalyst, actually, that made me start filming DVDs. Yeah, it was before it. GoPros. You know, we're using the Sony cameras in the housing, and uh, you know, is. For drones and <laughs> way before drones, way yeah. before drones. Right, right. But this this fishery was quite unique. You know, we we're fishing those concrete ships, um, and I mean, you can kind of like I said, you can kind of see a couple of them there behind me. Um, it, it's is, and we we would sit next to these ships at night, freezing our butts off um, in December. Is that still a happening fishery? Does it still go on? I I, I heard things changed. Yeah, it, the the migration actually seemed like that changed. Um, a bunch of reasons why. There's you know theories why, uh, not really reasons, but just really theories. But that kind of started petering out on us about 2010. So about two years after you were there, that was I think that was the last 2010 2011 was the last fish we caught at the ships. And we we continued to go out onto the drift, which is a couple miles out from there. Yeah. Um, fish were still coming and they still come through there, but not in the concentration and the numbers. They're still coming down the bay from inside the bay. I mean, we still have our stock migration coming out and meeting up with the stock with the migration coming from the north. But what used to happen is the north and our fish were all coming in in the bay and there was just a massive amount of fish in this area. So we could catch them there. They're at the high rise. They were just all along there. Since then, that number has gotten smaller where we think it's just kind of the fish that are coming out of the bay. The ones that are migrating from down north are, are getting pushed out into the ocean because guys are going out tuna fishing in the wintertime or seeing them out there, but they're 20 miles out. They're just yeah, not okay. coming in the bay anymore. So something has happened with the migration. Lots of theories on it, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, well, not that we got any, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, that was like that was like the worst that was the tip typically the best week to come, you know, second week in January or second week in Fe uh, December. Um, that's usually like the hype week. That's the week that, that usually it happens. And we just happened to get a horrible cold front come through and shut it all down. And that was like, 
yeah, a whole week, <laughs> a whole week, and it was it was freezing. The water was water at when you first got there. I remember it was petering, like teetering right on the the the, the mark where it's going to shut off, and really it was it hit below that, and it was it shut yeah. off. And, and like I said, it was cold. I was wearing, I think I had on every layer of clothing that I had with me. Yeah. I yep. mean, it was so. Yep. I think I was wearing cold. like four pairs of socks. Yeah, <laughs> it was so freaking cold. Well, it, it, it's, it's it's sitting there too. It's sitting there because you're not paddling, you're not trolling, you're not casting. You're really just sitting there bait fishing, and that that's kind of half of the cold is just sitting there. Yeah. Well, I mean, admittedly, I think I said at the end of that trip, if this was the only way I could fish, I don't <laughs> think I would fish. Yep. Because <laughs> it, it was so cold and like they were sitting still, hanging onto those ships and all that. Well, with no further ado, let's get this yeah, episode yeah. going and we'll we'll answer some questions on the next commercial break or whenever I feel like pausing it. So uh, actually, I need to make sure I share audio for once and not have to do this twice. Share. There we go. Let's run this thing. Cool. On the kayak fishing show this week, winter's hit, and it's time for me to try out a bit of striper fishing with a rock star of a fishing buddy, kayak Kevin Whitley in Chesapeake Bay, Virginia. We're going to be hunting for stripers in the spooky sunken ships of Kiptipeak Park. Stay tuned. This is going to rock. Rock. <laughs> Good old ocean kayak. <laughs> sport, you inevitably find someone pushing the limits. While kayak fishing has been exploding in popularity, Jim Sammons has been doing just that. Uh, yeah, look at these. Nice. From the seat of his ocean kayak, Jim challenges the world's top game fish and puts his kayak fishing skills to the ultimate test. Never fought a kayak, have you, fish? From freshwater to saltwater, Jim's mission is simple, to discover the best fishing destinations in the world and prove that anything is possible from a kayak. I still love this old intro to the show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the little one got away. (laughs) Although my new intro song is a heck of a lot better. show is brought to you in part by ocean kayak makers of the trident series of fishing kayaks ex officio clothing for the adventurous spirit scotty the way to fish what ocean kayak you cruising on nowadays trident and prowler probably 13 Oh, the old one, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I went back, went back, because I actually hurt my knee and I couldn't, I needed a lighter boat to pull across the sand. So I went, I was like, Perfect. <laughs> this week, Jim Perfect. is headed to Norfolk, Virginia to fish Chesapeake Bay with up-and-coming kayak angling superstar, Kayak Kevin Whitley. It's early December, and the waters of the bay are floating just above freezing. Most anglers have <laughs> four gear for the season, 
But Kevin waits all year for this opportunity because this is when the mammoth striped bass make their way through the bay and converge on the sunken concrete ships just off Kiptipeak State Park. Over the past five years, Kevin has made a name for himself in the fishing world, not just because he catches big fish from his kayak, because the 37-year-old Norfolk native is the first kayak angler to receive expert angler status, not only once, but twice by the Virginia Saltwater Tournament. They call me Kayak Kevin. And instead of going, calling and saying, yeah, this is Kevin that fishes out of a kayak, I just call it Kayak Kevin. And it just started growing from there. Simple, stuck. Sounded good, rolled off the tongue. Oh, he's a pretty funny guy. He, uh, he loves to paddle. <laughs> I mean, he'll paddle all day for nothing. You still hanging out with that guy? Yeah, he just fought a 500-pound marlin yesterday. His work one day. Where? Oh, not in a kayak, off a boat, but. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I happened to run into him. He, He's got two kids and everything, man. And wow. Good dude. Like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Actual trip we made together. He caught his first citation sheep's head ever, and I caught my first sheep's head and, and tall dog ever. We started fishing at six in the morning and ran out of bait by eight it was an amazing day and we've been fishing together ever since before, before i started kayaking i was a musician i was a i guess amateur pro musician you know i still had my day job but i was was making money that shot cracks me up regional and a little bit east coast stuff and that's you know kind of got into kayak fishing because that didn't go anywhere i still had the lifestyle of the tour i wanted to be on the road all the time and um that kind of fizzled out so i kind of figured i'm I, if i had a, if I've, I've got the lifestyle to get out there and get on the road and uh might as well do it in unconventional ways and got into kayaking just for that chicks and then quickly realized that yeah you can fish out of this thing and it's even better than fishing out of the boat we could get fish within paddle distance every fish in the bay big small we can get to and it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's an incredible lot of fun to get pulled around by these fish. The bass are big. The water is choppy and cold, but Kevin has promised big fish. And where there are And rain, fish, apparently. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a commercial break. And um, I said, we'll bring ba us back up here. So, like I said, great group of guys. I mean, I remember we fished with Lee. I, did we fit? I think we fished with Rob or at least hung out with Rob Choi. Yeah. Uh, during this shoot. Like I said, I have not watched this in years. Yeah, me either. But, I, I had forgotten that we gone to Cape Henry and did some trolling. You, we, those shots, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot we did that. <laughs> I remember um, there was an outgoing tide or incoming tide. I don't remember which way we were. And literally having to paddle to shore and drag the kayaks because it yeah. was totally treadmill. paddling on the treadmill. I remember looking over at the beach. And there was a tree or a limb or something stuck down in the beach. And I'd put my head down. I paddle and paddle and paddle. And I look over and it's still right there. I'm like, yeah, this ain't, this ain't working. There was and we were nothing. trying to troll big, those big, big, big swim bait. I was, yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts. I, I still can't believe we used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I have a Yamaha 150 for doing that stuff. Now. Yeah. <laughs> 
just that place is just it's so rough on current. I mean, it's it's all right if you catch it on that slack or slack tide or slack current, but it's it's rough when it gets going. It is straight treadmill, straight treadmill. I like I said, I'll never forget that. I mean, there's a lot of great memories from this trip, but uh, I remember that part. I think um, while we were we had a, an evening where Lee brought like a bushel of oysters and yeah. ate oysters until they were coming out of our ears. And it was like one of the most, <laughs> most incredible feasts I think I've ever had even <laughs> since then. It was so amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, let's see. We've got some more comments here. Uh, Troy watching again on our YouTube channel, Kai Fishing Tales. He says he wants to get back on the CBBT badly. Something's bridge tunnel. Yep, Chesapeake Bay bridge tunnel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave Massigal says, hey, Jim caught eight largemouth yesterday. <laughs> That's sweet. Where were you fishing, man? <laughs> yeah, I, the exact spot. <laughs> uh, CL Gaming, I am from North Carolina and bought my first lifetime yak. Still working on my mods. Well, you know, that's the cool thing is there is so much great information out there to help you rig those things up. And, of course, we're always here to answer any questions. Um, Neokari Daniel uh, says he'll be hitting the CBBT hard this year. You still get out there and fish that? Um, yeah, fish, yeah. I remember you fish the pilings and stuff a yep. lot, right? Yep, and the reds come through in, the, in in September, so I really target it hard then. But then in the summertime, it's uh, sheep's head, spade fish. Spade fish is like one of my favorites because I'll actually go in out there to kill four of them, bring in to eat. Um, so spade fish are great out there too. So yeah, I'm, I'm really going to try to target flounder. Not, I don't target flounder there so much, but I, I, I was just talking about today. I was like, I really need to target some flounder this year. Another one that I'll kill to eat. And, right. and yeah, sure. and and I had I had two last year. One that I was going to keep, I got him in the boat and. Before I got him on the burger grip, he was out. So you huh. flounder, you know, <laughs> it was impossible to keep in sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Gazi saying, hello. How you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. Walter Anchor, hello from Warren, Michigan. I'm a first-time watcher. Well, thank you for joining us, Walter. I really appreciate it. We have these shows every Tuesday and Thursdays and sometimes other days just when I feel like doing it. So um, subscribe, that way you get notified. Uh, Graham Shaw, hi from across the pond. Will Richardson, yeah, we know this guy. <laughs> uh, so cool. He was so cool. And he's, he's a Canadian too. So. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that shows how freaking cold it was. Uh, yeah, exactly. Will's like, then we got a box of clothing from the sponsors and we wore all of this. Yep. And they weren't our clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, uh, Ken and Brendan were supposed to come on the trip. That's right. And there was like a hurricane in Canada, yeah. uh, blizzard, whatever. And right. so all their clothing got shipped to us. So we ransacked it. So we had more layers to wear. <laughs> That's where those four layers came from. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh and will old man the old intro i like i said i like the old intro i think it's really cool except that we have the great new song by brock seaman um awesome i mean when they hit the ocean like that the ocean's where it's at i i, I mean freshwater's fun and like i said what you're doing with the white water including that and especially if you're getting small mouth i mean yeah, small yeah. smallies are super fun but you know i'm a 
I'm an offshore guy. I like the saltwater guy, fish. And I mean, like the stuff that you, uh, and I don't know, again, I don't know if you're still doing it. You get out there on the shoals and get those big red fish in the shoals. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that again, that was another one of those things that I always used to like to watch that you were doing. It was so incredible. I try not to post about it too much until the season's over nowadays. Right. Not, <laughs> we've noticed that people who they kind of wait to see until they somebody posts and then they'll go for it instead of like really looking forward to it, you know, looking forward to it and going out when, when, when the time's right there. So we try to like, yeah, people who are out there now are like actually going after it. So that, that's what we, you know, we rather have those guys out there than the guys. Oh, look, let's go catch a redfish. And go try to right. Go yeah. Is there a certain time of year that those are usually around? Yeah, yeah it's right now until in, into June. And then they start moving out of our area and kind of go out into the deeper water. Yeah. So May, you know, or May or April, May, uh, beginning, start to tail off in June and then September, they come back in our range at the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. Right, right. I mean, and just historically, the, the fish I've seen you catch and Rob and Lee, I mean, just some phenomenal, phenomenal fish. Um, do you get to still see Rob Choi much at all? Yeah, yeah. Well, he lives in Richmond, so, you know, whenever I can. But, yeah, still talk. I just talked to him today because we're trying to plan something for this weekend. So, what are you oh, doing cool, this weekend? Cool. You know, all that stuff. We're, you know, trying to fish together this weekend. Not sure. The wind's down. Yeah, the wind's. <laughs> the winds. <laughs> Everywhere we go, it's the winds. Well, let's get this uh let's get this thing rolling again. See what happens in this next segment. <laughs> Welcome back to the Kayak Fishing Show with Jim Sammons. This week, Jim connects with Kayak Kevin Whitley while on the hunt for big stripers in Chesapeake Bay. A half hour from the bustling Navy city of Norfolk, Virginia, across the massive expanse of the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel, and along the lower eastern shore peninsula of Virginia, you'll find a world-class fishery full of red drum, black drum, stripers, and cobia. In the middle, you'll find Kiptapeak State Park, with camping, RV rentals, cabins, and lodges for rent that each hold 16 people. And Those cabins were nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that whenever, you know, while while I had it. After you guys, I started doing it with my um, with my DVDs. I started getting them every year. And we lived like rock stars for, for a little bit every, every December doing that. Yeah. Yeah, cool, cool place. And, an, uh, I mean, even if you're not fishing, a super interesting place to paddle. Absolutely, absolutely. This is the hot spot for stripers this time of year. And they migrate down from Maine, New England. They migrate down from the northern northern part of the bay. And they center right here for a good for a good period of time when the water temperatures are right and the bait's here and everything's right. It's, it's the easiest spot for a kayaker to get to trophy-sized striped bass. Well, yeah, we were, what, we were 100 yards from the launch yeah. point, literally. Yeah. And then you can sit in a, in a re relatively protected area from the wind and the waves and sit there and, and, and land know 50 plus pound stripers potentially you know you can pretty much guarantee when they're here you can always catch over 40 inch fish and for a lot of guys who see that old drifter out, there yeah big fish out of a kayak you know, 40 inch fish from a decent size for, for a kayak that was a soaking wet boat yep background and get a good shot by catching that 40 inch 40 inch yeah shot. <laughs> we're out here in uh chesapeake bay at kiptapeak park and uh fishing along these 
concrete boats for striped bass. We're fishing uh, live eels. And uh, that's a disgusting bait. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, after this fishery kind of dwindled down, I was like, yeah, I'm good with fishing with eels. All right. <laughs> yeah. Balmy. <laughs> One of the really cool things about being a kayak and fishing the ships is that we can get right up next to the structure. In a boat, they can't get as close as we can and drop our eels to right to the base of the structure. And the really cool thing about it is we use our boats to move our kayak nose up to it. Banging into the structure all day long. <laughs> but they're ocean kayaks. That's why we ride ocean kayaks. They can take the beating year after year after year after bang after bang after structure after structure. <laughs> they always you beat them up and still get out. Is that a doubt? The most beat up. <laughs> <laughs> Your kayaks were so beat up. <laughs> I got a box of eels. We use eels out here for the stripers. And uh. A lot of times people go, well, why are you using eels? It's just slimy. I don't want to get all slimy and deal with eels. But that's what they're feeding on out here. And you're going to get completely slimed when you catch a striper anyway. It's so big, your, your entire body's going to get slimed. So a little bit of eel slime is well worth the striper slime. Now what I do is, I got them in here. And I got them kind of docile. I had them on ice and I kind of refreshed them. Refreshed them. What I have is holes in here. They will suffocate on their own slime if you leave them in a container that they cannot drain. They can survive out of water when you just dip them in the water to drain them out a little bit, give them some refreshments. So when I try to find one, there's a big one right there. I'm going to grab him real hard, real tight around the neck. Make sure he's not going to see. He's trying to get out of here. Hook him up through the jaw, out through the eye. And you got to get him in the water fast. If you don't, he's going to fall right up. He's going to try to get up on, on the hook, follow your lineup. So as soon as I hook him up, throw him in the water. We want to put the eel uh, just suspended above the bottom. We don't want to put it in the bottom or on the bottom. So much rubble and stuff down here, these eels will get into it, and you'll never get them out. You're hung. So what we do is we just drop it down to the bottom till it hits. It's about 20, 30 feet around here. Boom, we're on bottom. One, two, three. Clicker on. Put it in freeze pool. And now the eel is suspended, and he's just kind of swimming and trying to get to the bottom, and it, it looks great for the stripers. So they're coming under, underneath of them. They're looking up at them. That's when they get them. And, and we just get our nose of our kayaks right up against the structure. Fish it just like that. Huh. I don't lose it cold, but it rains. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Should have let him go because he might. And then it got colder after it rained. Yeah. <laughs> there were two things Kevin forgot to tell Jim before he showed up: the fog would be thick during the day, and the best fishing would be at night, <laughs> late at night. It's striper time, and we chase these stripers until the water temperature gets 42 degrees, and they move out into the ocean. Then we just go out there and troll after them. Although nighttime can be one of the most productive fishing times. Kayak fishing at night doesn't come without its dangers. And that's why fishing in the dark is the topic of this week's Ex Officio Kayak Fishing Tip of the Week. Gliding along and fighting a fish at night is one of the coolest experiences you can have on a kayak. Throw in some bioluminescence like I do back That's on Mission Bay here in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. 
depending on the fish you're targeting, night fishing might also <laughs> yeah, be well, yeah, that wasn't Kip the Peak. <laughs> no. On the West Coast, there's a contingent of kayak anglers that regularly venture out at night to drop hoop nets in search of lobster. While here in Chesapeake Bay, nighttime is the best time to hook into stripers. Now, it should go without saying that you should carry all your normal safety gear, including a PFD. But you also need to take measures to make yourself more visible to boats on the water and to make working in the dark easier. First off, if you're kayak fishing at night, be way more conservative with all your decisions and stick to sheltered, low traffic waters. It's also important that you never go kayak fishing alone at night and that you stay in close and steady communication with your paddling buddy, which means bringing along your VHF radios. As far as working in the dark, bring along a good headlight as well as a backup because it's pretty easy to lose them. Headlamps yeah. keep your hands free and light where you need it. I use this one by Princeton Tech because it has a variety of light settings and it's waterproof. Now running lights on a kayak are not required in most states, but I know plenty of guys who have their kayaks fully rigged with running lights because they spend the majority of their time fishing at night. For most anglers, one of Scotty's safety lights will do the- Yak attack. One of yak attack. Most kayak anglers prefer to mount these to the back of the kayak so it's out of the way and out of your eyes. To make yourself more visible, you can also add some reflective tape to your kayak and your paddle. A lot of PFDs will come with this reflective tape sewn into the seams. Another important piece of gear when you're fishing at night is a GPS because it's pretty easy to get disoriented in the dark. You then toss in a bit of fog and it's easy to see how you can get lost in an area you know. I'll tell you, those well electronics have come a long way since then too. So yeah, yeah. As a side note, until now you pretty much have a picture of the bottom. Day, yeah, and then side right scans too. Right. That's a big been a big deal out here yeah for sure ex officio kayak fishing tip of the week for the most comprehensive guide to kayak fishing pick up a copy of the ultimate guide to kayak fishing at your local outdoor store or at kayakfishingshow.com frustrations mount as jim and kevin battle harsh conditions with no sign of stripers oh my gosh i still don't think there are any fish out here that was uh, Jock Bradley or took that picture behind me. Yep. But as the weather starts to turn, Jim and Kevin prepare to make their final stand. Stay tuned for more action from the concrete ships in Chesapeake Bay. The Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Ocean Kayak, Ex Officio, Scotty, Maui Jim, Standard Horizon. So... <laughs> Like I said, freezing cold. Uh, you say you, you're not doing so. It's, if you're not doing that um, kind of location-based thing, uh, when you go for stripers, are you still going at night? Yeah, we have. There's been sometimes we, we're not catching them those giant fifty inches, but we can catch in the forty-inch range and low forty-inch range. Sometimes within the rivers on their way out. So there's certain spots, even the James and York rivers, um, that we can kind of head them off as they're heading heading out in december but uh did that a few times and you know, was able to catch a, a, a low 40s uh 40 inches um but it was yeah nighttime still wouldn't try to target those things it's kind of the better times at night okay yeah. uh john heisman fished cbbt many times with kevin whitley and the boys i miss it freshwater kind of sucks uh <laughs> did, did you move from the area john um yeah that middle area because we, we came and fished with you a couple more times after this. Uh, I know we did one long paddle and we went out to the bridge one day. Yeah. Um, did, I mean, there's a lot of different stuff to do there. I mean, 
Uh, do you have, do you pretty much have year round fishing? Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, and until it gets like super cold, like, you know, below 40, 42 degrees, you, you can still like Rick, Rick had it. He, stayed on fish all year long this year even when in, in the deep winter when the waters really got cold into the 40s he was still fishing the very backwaters you know into the rivers uh still still salt water of course in the rivers you know, tidal waters um right. catching trout and striper slow real slow presentations but he was still kind of catching them so there is opportunities here year round you just got to kind of go find them you know they're, gotcha. they're and they're slow and real sluggish and all that stuff but there is some warmer you know, black mud bottom water around here that you can get in sunny days. The water will start to warm up enough to get fish a little bit active. And they'll all migrate out of here. And I used to think that when back then, but we're realizing now that not all the fish get leave. Uh, a lot of fish right. stay. Um, we used to have this place called the Hot Ditch, which was a, a, a warm water release from a power plant. And uh, that has shut down. And that area, that one particular thing is shut down. But the, after that, people are still realizing those fish still hang out in those deep backwaters. Right. Uh, so still, it's still a good fishery here during that time. Yeah, I, mean, it's kind of like, I just don't like those slow presentations. That drives me crazy. It's already cold enough. Yeah, <laughs> throwing a jig, you know, throwing a, a bait out there and then twitch, twitch, and letting it sit for five minutes. That drives me crazy. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I kind of like throwing top water and yeah. you know yep. stuff with yep. the fast retrieve, that sort of thing. Um, Dave O'Donovan, hi from Dublin, Ireland. Thanks for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. And Tony Greer says the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel is spitting distance from the concrete ships. Yeah, we the high rise section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Walter has got a really long one here. <laughs> uh, thank you. I just started kayak fishing two years ago and love it. I have two cheaper sit-ins and feel comfortable in them, but now really ready to upgrade and everyone keeps telling me to get a sit on so i borrowed one for only a couple of hours and got sunburned now <laughs> <laughs> i'm gun shy of the open ones so i understand what to do yet i'm almost 68 so want to be certain what i get i was going to go and try out day here in michigan and do some comparisons but they're all canceled right yeah it's hard to do a demo day when nobody's doing them um there's a lot of great sit insides. Um, you know, Old Town makes some great ones. Um, Jackson Kayak has some has their their Kilroys, which are freaking yep. awesome. Yeah, uh, they're they're so stable. They paddle really well. Um, it's the idea of having an open cockpit, you know, sit inside type of boat, like the Kilroys, like that. Um, yeah, that Bonafide is like that. You know, and 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 the loons, the uh, old towns are like that. So you have room to be able to fish and, and deal with stuff like that. But yeah, the sunburn stuff on your legs—that's that's a sit on top kayaker deal. You you got yeah. you got long pants. You got summer, yeah, summer light, light long pants, light nylon pants, that sort of thing. Um, what sit on tops give you is the ability to kind of move around. You know, if, if people have seen me, they'll see me ninety percent of the time. I'm putting my feet in the water, so and sitting side saddle. And so that's always more comfortable for me. But yeah, those larger cockpitted boats, if you're fishing flat water. Yeah. But again, you know, you, you you flip one of those boats, you're filling up a large cockpit full of water, much more difficult to self-rescue, that sort of thing. Uh, the sit on tops, you know, you can punch through, serve the water, they're self-bailing, you know. So it, it's, if you're, like I said, if you're gonna be in rough water conditions, punching through, surfing like that, you really gotta go sit on top. But uh, if you're if you're a flat water guy, um, 
and you're comfortable with your skills and and that like i said those boats like the kilroy are absolutely awesome and i know a lot of people that's their um their favorite boat uh don winger saying hi from pueblo colorado how you doing man um donna drew i haven't kayak fished at night yet but i live in gator country yeah so a little concerned with them that's a concern yeah that's legit. They, yeah they 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 will startle you you know right <laughs> as much as anything else they they will really startle you but let's uh let's get back to the, the next segment of this show maybe i should put it on there the right position and the heliconia press kayak fishing show with jim sammons this week jim connects with kayak kevin whitley in chesapeake bay while on the hunt for big stripers although frustrated by the lack of fish activity around the concrete ships that form the breakwaters for kiptapeak beach kevin and jim are more than happy to once again brave the freezing cold conditions for a hookup with one of the monster stripe i don't know about more than happy it might be a short day <laughs> Once again, pounding these ships, dodging the rain, dodging the lightning. Um, actually, it's not too bad right now. It's gotten windier. So, tough. It's been a very tough fishing trip. Fun fishing trip, as always. Having a great time, but. Uh, Man, not so much as a single bite the whole trip. Jim, well appreciated this spot, I see. It's, uh, <laughs> we're having a good time out here this week. It's unfortunate the fish won't, you know, join us, but. After eight hours of banging around the ships, Jim, Lee, and Kevin still haven't managed to sacrifice a single eel to the big bass that troll around the base of these ships. The reality and disappointment of a skunking start to settle in. We're fishing at another spot tomorrow. That is guaranteed to hold fish. <laughs> I also got another line out behind me, free line. But uh, what I, I usually don't go two rods out here because of all the structure, but I figured... I'll cut a line if it gets stuck at this point. The whole key to fishing Chesapeake Bay is staying in one spot. Whether you're paddling in one spot or you're holding onto a boat in one spot. Today was actually pretty amazing. We saw a lot of area. We paddled at least 30 miles. We only covered two. Thirty. Might be as close to a striper as we're gonna get on this trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fishing kayaks are designed primarily to be stable and to travel efficiently in a straight line. I, I think one of the things that that you know that I I tend to mention about like certain trips, you know, it, it, the trips that you go go out there and you catch fish and just gets done, da da da. You don't necessarily make the memories. Mm -hmm. I remember so much about, I mean, it was the worst fishing trip as far as catching goes. I mean, it, it was terrible. Yeah. But yeah. we had so much fun with yeah. such a great group of guys. I mean, I remember, and I don't even know if it's in here. Cause like I said, I haven't watched this in forever. I remember, yeah. 
we were telling jokes. We were singing songs, you know, just to kill time while we're sitting against those ships in the middle of the night. And yeah. I don't know that I've ever laughed as hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely an incredible trip. So, I mean, the, the fish don't always make the trip, right? Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's the whole adventure and the people you're with. And, and that's one thing I really remember about this trip, you know, just such a great group and just laughing the whole time. Yeah. Even under, I mean, in, in adverse conditions and just having such a tough time, we had fun. Yeah. 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 Well, because we get skunked a lot, so. <laughs> <laughs> you used to it. <laughs> we got to entertain ourselves, so we, yeah, we entertain each other. <laughs> uh, get that thing going again. areas, like around the concrete chips of Kiptipik, it's important that you know draw strokes, which let you move your kayak sideways your kayak fishing and tip maneuver around obstacles. Of the week. And that's exactly <laughs> what world champion kayaker Ken Whiting is going to explain in this week's Ocean Kayak Kayaking Tip. For the most effective draw stroke, there's a few things you need to do. You want to get your blade fully in the water. You also want to get your paddle shaft as broad. Everybody pedals now, so nobody knows how to do any of these strokes. Yep. It's a little bit awkward, but it really makes a difference with your stroke. One other thing. We gave class and I started to talk about paddling techniques. I'm like, oh, yeah. Going right over people's head. If you ain't paying no attention to this. Still position. It'll act like a pivot while my lower hand. But you can really see it when a when a pedal kayaker gets into adverse conditions and they just don't know how to actually handle their boat. Because if you don't, your paddle will get pinned against your kayak and throw you off balance. So you have two choices when it comes to finishing the stroke. You can just slice your blade out to the stern, or you can do what's called a T-stroke. A T-stroke involves curling my wrist to turn my blade 90 degrees. I can then slice that blade back out to where I started and take another stroke. If you find your boat turning as you take your draw strokes, it means you're either pulling the stroke in too far forward or too far back. And so you'll have to play around with that to find the happy medium. If you've got a rudder in the water, you'll definitely need to pull your draw stroke behind your hip to make sure you're pulling your kayak sideways. That type of draw stroke, if you're not paying attention, you can put yourself in the water. Yeah, yeah. You know, you catch it on the boat and you lean in so far. Yeah. That's why I generally prefer a sculling draw. Yep. You know, that's my favorite too. They have like the figure eight type of type of deal. Yeah, yeah. that's my favorite. I can always, if I get unbalanced, my paddle's already in the water. Although the big stripers don't seem. Uh, we got a couple other uh, comments here. We'll touch base and then hit the final bit of the show. Um, uh, here we go. Uh, bought the bought fishing kayak four to five years ago and blew out the elbow just after and could not paddle, hoping to get out this year. And then again, you know, people that have those elbow shoulder problems, that's where those, yep. those pedal boats come in. I mean, yep. They, they're, they're, there's so many of them out there. There's so many different choices in pedal boats. You know, Jackson makes them, Hobie makes them, Old Town, um, Ocean. I mean, you have a lot of choices in, in different types of pedal boats. And uh, you, you're, you can find one if you have that, you know, shoulder, elbow type of disability. I mean, there's a lot of great boats out there. And, you know, a lot of people love them. I, I, I happen to enjoy paddling yeah, uh, personally, too. but um, uh, they are, they're game changers for a lot of people. Yeah, I knew a guy who, who, same thing, messed up his short. He was a paddler. And, I mean, we even call him Moken Man because he 
paddled a Mokin, so we identified him as a Mokin, but now he's in a pedal drive because he, he hurt his shoulder and he couldn't do it anymore. So he, he had to get a pedal drive to, just to be able to stay, you know, within the plastic boat realm. So, yeah, but we still call him Mocha Man. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I just throw a motor on the back. Heck with it. Nakari, I don't get much chance in the salt than Pensacola and Fort, La- Fort Lauderdale once each. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the surf from Hatteras, too. So, yeah, well, I mean, it's like fish where you can. I mean, there's big fish in the fresh. Um sturgeon i mean we got yeah. a nine and we got a nine and a half foot sturgeon off the kayaks up on the um, fraser river some years yeah. ago so a lot of stuff um what is troy says sam has just saw sit-ins with bulkheads do they keep floating with cockpit full of water uh yeah most of them will even if the cockpit fills they'll they'll get submerged yeah. but they won't completely sink um even the, the boats that have bulkheads, again, you still have a larger space that fills up with water. So uh, getting that water out versus having a self-bailing boat that you just flip over and climb back on. I said that's why the sit-on-tops are preferred in rough water, offshore, um, surf-type conditions. Uh, the flat water, like I said, the sit-ins, the, the large cockpit, I guess what we call wreck boats, um, the, then like I said, like the, the Kilroy and the, the boats that uh, Kevin mentioned earlier from Old Town, um, you know, they, they're very nice. And uh, like I said, most of them paddle really well. And I know at least with the Kilroys, you know, they're super stable for standing in. And uh, I know a lot of the, the videographers and camera guys prefer them because they can get the cameras up, up underneath the deck a little bit. So yeah, is that we still of- have enough room to be able to reach around and, and through, through there. And, and yeah, there's a lot of room in it too. That's what's cool about that boat. Yeah. So many, so many, uh, so many choices in boats now. I mean, back when I started, basically we, in our area, we had ocean kayaks and then there were some uh, perception boats around um, and then Cobras. Right. The old Cobra Fish and Dive yeah. uh, kind of became popular. It was like it, you either had a, a Scupper or Scupper Pro because yeah. you liked paddling fast or you had a Cobra because you wanted something big and stable. Yep. Yep. So as I said, it's so many, so many different choices now, you know, for the kayak anglers. It's amazing. I think those makes it difficult for people who, you know, they get overwhelmed with so many choices. And, and that's what sucks about also this with the COVID this year is no demo days. I know right. our demo day that we have at ARC now is, is canceled this year. And that's, I was just talking, there's a kid that just emailed me or messaged me and he was asking about tips for boats. And I was like, just before I knew the demo day was was done, and I was like, if they're still having it, go go and try out some boats. You really wanted to go out and try these boats, and now they're not having it. I'm like, man, now it's gonna be even harder because now you got to figure out, you know, yeah. You know, well, we're, hopefully, we're. I think some of the companies are going to the, the the reps are going to try to maybe do some individual type of you know company demo right. days or something like that when it, when we get going again. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I don't know if you've seen it or tried it, but what has become my favorite boat, particularly in the flats and stuff. It, and it's not a kayak. <laughs> it's that blue sky boat works. Oh, right. Uh, the angry 360, the catamaran thing. Yeah. I've seen it. In, I, when I was working at the shop, at the kayak shop, it, we had one come in and I still get this guy to see it. And it was, what was cool about it is it fits in the back of a pickup truck. Uh, fits right in the back of the <laughs> truck. I, I have it on a trailer cause I have two kayaks sitting on edge next to it. Yeah. But, um, 
I mean, you're basically, I'm sitting just like I'm sitting in this chair at this height. So it's, it's so comfortable on my back, you know, you, well, you know what it's like, you, you need to make a cast and to sit on top or you, you, you got to kind of either do a backhand cast or, you know, pivot yourself around where this, you just spin, make a cast, spin, cast. <laughs> It's really one of the funnest things I fished off it. Great for, like I said, those flats, Louisiana, um, you know, fishing the redfish and stuff and yeah. uh, in Florida. And I've actually taken it out to the kelp beds here. You know, it's definitely not a surf launching type boat, but super fun to fish off of. Yeah. So, but it, you can't, you can't even uh, consider calling it a, calling it a kayak. It's right, right, right. It's a, it's a fishing it's a, fishing craft. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get this thing rolling. Watch the end of this video. Seem to want to cooperate. Kevin isn't about to let this trip come up empty, so he takes Jim to a secret spot, tucked out of the wind and rain yeah, of I'm Chesapeake Bay, to knock another fish off Jim's list. We gave it a shot. We gave it a lot of shots, and that wasn't going to happen. So I thought coming to Rudy and get some little reds. Jim never caught a, has never caught a redfish. That's so, right. That's where I caught my very first redfish. I totally yeah, forgot. I forgot that too. <laughs> <laughs> and you been you had been to Florida before this. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Puppy drum, right? Puppy drum. Yep. yep. That's the local name for him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful fish. My second red fish. Little red drum or red fish or pup drum as we call them around here, but I just call them little reds. Oh, that totally saved the trip, man. Yeah. I believe singing that song was Brock Zeman, our uh, one who does the theme song for my show now. Yep. Not only are they great for fishing, but they're also great for paddling in because of their curved fingers. The Glacier Gloves also come with a slit thumb and index How to get these sponsor bumps in. So basically, this is the end of the show, except we get into the the very, very end of the show as we get into the credits. What happened after we left? Right. And they're really worth trying out on those. I mean... You can see Glacier Gloves full line of products. I'll, uh, I'll pause it here just for a second because... Well, I'll let you explain what happened. Well, the day y'all we saw we saw the temperatures were going to come up when y'all left, and we were like, "Man, if you just stay another day," <laughs> because it was 
really the next night is when it came back on it because because the temperatures came up. I think the right the, like the day you were leaving, the temperatures had started to rise. But it well, yeah, that it, was a nice day right there. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. So there. like the temperatures were going to come up, but we needed another day of that. So we needed to come up and then level off. We couldn't have it come up and then you know yeah, you needed back down. You had to let it get stable. So it was the next day, and we got them, and we got them like. I think I caught four that night. We all like caught them and it was, yeah, it was one of those. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So, so guys, what you gotta understand is we literally, you know, after we, we fished, we jumped on the plane that day after we caught these, uh, these red drum. And so you had that night and I think it was the next night. Yeah. The so then the, the following day we get emails from these guys with photos and little snippets of video that they just freaking crushed it. Big fish. I mean, 40 pounds yeah. plus yeah, yeah. literally the day after we freaking yeah. left. that next night was everything we needed that whole week. I <laughs> said, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's on here. I don't remember exactly, but I think sometimes it's in the credits. The yeah. The yeah. Cause Will gave me a GoPro and like a zip drive or something. So whatever you, cause I told him it's happening. So he gave me, he gave me a camera and was like, Film whatever you get and then just send it. Like we, we can use it. So I yeah, that's what I did. I was that, and that's the footage that's up here. The next stuff. Just a blast to fish with. I mean, it's easy to have a good time fishing with people when the fishing's good. Obviously, we've had slow fishing and we've just had a blast fishing with the guys. Attitude is always just go. We're out of here from Virginia, Chesapeake Bay. Then get on the stripers and get on some friends. Here it is. I think. 24 hours yeah. after Jim leaves Chesapeake, Kevin and his buddy... It's just not fair. One more shot. <laughs> well, that was from happened. Cape Henry. So that was... Yeah, there's the big fish from... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the next night. And that's why we had gone there. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. That next night, all, the, all those fish... Should have been on this video. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Join us next week on the. Stop sharing this. Ah, get my mouse over here. <laughs> All right, but man, like I said, great memories. I mean, I remember so much of that trip, and like I said it was twelve years ago, um, and I barely remember yesterday. But there's so many great memories from that trip, and and so much fun, and. You know, please give my best to all the guys, Rob and Lee. And I mean, I mean, I'd love to get out and fish with those guys again. And uh, just just so much fun, so much fun. And I, I really appreciate catching up with you because it's been way too long. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was, I was, when, when you did this, I was, I was happy about it. I was like, okay, I got, I don't have internet at home, so I had to go to my mom's house. So I, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll make sure I'll get over here and get all this stuff. And yeah, I'm just, and, and I'm glad I have video. Yesterday we didn't have video, and I was like, man, I don't want to do this just audio. That's gonna suck. Right. So I'm so happy we got to, we got to do this. I'm really stoked on it. And thanks yeah. for the invite, man. That was awesome. That was oh, awesome. I said it's it's been so much fun for me, and that's what's been fun about you know reliving all these old episodes that basically have never aired before on TV, or I mean, not on on the internet. Yeah. So you know, this is the first time for a lot of people to see this stuff, and so you know, like I said, we're doing this every Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesdays are the Jackson Kayak years. And Thursdays are the ocean kayak years and just, just having a lot of fun and reliving these trips. So anyway, Kev, uh, we've been on exactly one hour and nice. I mean, it, it 
flew by and I, I, yeah. I can't thank you enough. Again, if somebody wants to, to follow what you're doing, how, how what's the best way for them? Yeah, I'm real active on Instagram and I post um, on Facebook through Instagram, but uh, it's Kaya Kevin. Uh, just look up Kaya Kevin. Um, uh, it, uh, YouTube, Kaya Kevin is on, just look for that. And we're talking about the tour from last year. I have it all on a playlist. So if you just want to uh, search in YouTube, Trident Fishing Tour, and that whole playlist will come out in that 16 episodes uh, for the 16 weeks I was out. Yeah, and, and I, I did. Find, I followed a lot of that, and it was super cool watching your struggles and just the highs yeah. and lows. Yeah, it was something. <laughs> if, if you only had two episodes to watch, watch week eight, six, and eight. Those are the, those are the ones that are like the highlights of it. The rest of them are good, and you know a, a lot of stuff happening. But those are the two that have like a lot of fishing in it, um, a lot of a lot of good stuff. Uh, some crazy stuff happened. You know, it was been on the water for 20 years out of a kayak for 20 years. And you think you've seen it all. And, and on that, on episode six had this crazy tsunami come in. I've never ever been witness to been involved with and never seen before. It was the craziest thing. It was like a wind push tsunami. Like the tide was going out, wind was pushing in. There was a shoal over here. It was backing it up. And all of a sudden two foot of water, just the, the tide went from one, you know, zero foot to three foot in 15 minutes. It was crazy. Freaked me out. I was, you know, I on the beach. I'm like, okay, I got nowhere else to go. <laughs> it, was, it was nuts. It was nuts. And then caught a tarpon off the beach that same, that same episode. So yeah, it was, it was, that, that was a good, that was a good week. But that, well, that tour is like Trident fishing tour. If you, if you Google or search that on, on YouTube. Well, as you, I'm sure you people can tell, Kev's got a lot of great stories and he's got tons of videos out there. I highly recommend trying to follow him because uh, like I said, cool stuff and, and a cool guy and, you know, former long haired, heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. I grew it back the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kev. Well, you take care, man. And like I said, make sure you tell all the guys I said, Hey, absolutely, man. Great to see you, man. Great to talk to you, man. Thank yeah, you so much. You too. Well, thanks everybody so much for joining us. I, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I mean, like I said, for, for me, just reliving these old shows has been so much fun uh, catching up with old friends. So uh, I do appreciate it. Remember to join us every Tuesday and Thursday, two o'clock Pacific time, and we'll have different new episodes of the show. So if you are going out on the water this weekend, please remember always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. You take care. <laughs>